Welcome back to Add, Edit, Delete. I am Mike here with Cody and Mark, and we are fortunate we have a special guest with us today. Uh, what we're always trying to do is bring our learnings forward based on our experience and our in our entrepreneurial endeavors to try and accelerate your growth with your business. And we're fortunate to have a friend in with us today, Kyla, Hello. who I've learned a lot from. Um, we do a lot of uh, spend generally. Uh, I have a lot of oversight over marketing budgets that have run well in excess of $3 million a month and run some smaller budgets. And it's always about efficiency and function. And, you know, trying to find high intent buyers is where I spend a lot of money, trying to get that uh, dollar back in profitably. Um, Mark and Cody are judging the intent levels of those people. Are they really buyers? Are they kicking the tires? And you are really an expert uh, when it comes to TikTok. Yeah. And I think it's fun. I think it takes a lot of my time. <laughs> um, but I understand it has a place in the marketing landscape. And, you know, I know you do a lot of different consulting. It mean TikTok can mean a couple of different things for a mm -hmm. couple of different brands. Uh, how do you generally guide a business who wants to kind of enter into TikTok and say, we want to have a presence there? So my favorite kind of businesses to take on are the ones that have no TikTok and no social media and just are trying to get there from square one. Those are the best because you get to start over and just teach them from A to Z. There's no bad habits to break, nothing. So we basically just look at what they have and try to separate the business owner from the product just a little bit because usually what happens is you're so close to your product that you stop seeing what's interesting about it. So a lot of people, if you ask them, tell me what's so great about your product and they're like, oh, well, it's it's ethically made or like we hand stitch it or um, this is a family run company. It's like, that's cool, but that's not stopping anyone from scrolling. So the first thing we do is pull them apart from business owner to like, let's look at the outside. What makes this so interesting about this? What is the one juiciest thing that you can tell me about this? And it's like, oh, well, you know, actually, Nicki Minaj wore them. That's interesting. That's interesting. So a really good we, hook, a great call to action. Yeah. So, But the first step is like untangling them from their own product and pulling them away from it. And then once we can get them to like see that, we start mapping out like, okay, juicy, juicy, not juicy, juicy, trash can. We pull it all apart. And then we test like 10 different pieces of content around each one. So one's going to be like super polished and professional, really high end. One is going to be, you know, maybe just they're kind of sitting in their office and doing like a selfie mode. And one's going to be with the product being thrown up and down. And we test all these different creatives, see which ones people latch onto. And then we go create 10 more, like the one that performs the best. And like just doing this, like one of my favorite clients was uh, they were a Jewish restaurant. They didn't think there was anything interesting about their food. They just wanted to tell people, like, the quality is good and the hummus is delicious. And I was like, nobody cares. Nobody actually cares. <laughs> like, let's let's actually talk about what's interesting. And me, on the outside, I can say, oh, what's interesting is that it's kosher. I don't know what kosher is. I don't know what that means. So we made a piece about being kosher-prepared food that anyone could make. It got 10 million views. Wow. And it was their third post to go up. So, like, that is just the difference between pull yourself out of it 
get on the outside of it and see what someone else thinks is interesting, interesting. Not, not you. Right. Yeah, she's out of editing and deleting. That's yeah, that's good. what that 10, 10 pieces of content are, right? You yeah. put them all out there, and then based on which ones are working, do more, Just more of like that. what works, get rid of what doesn't. I mean, mm -hmm. that's running a marketing portfolio, and you're doing it in a TikTok environment. In a more fun Right. Cool. Yeah. So what yeah, what is uh what is what is that uh restaurant, for instance? What is the, what are they looking for as an outcome from so their, that type of virality? Their big dream was franchising. And through this one piece of content, they were able to ramp up their foot traffic like crazy. They got contacted by Manischewitz. I I don't know if I'm saying that right, but it's like a cracker brand. They got reposted by a bunch of the big influencers in their space. Just they were they got so much exposure from this piece that it was like the first step in making that dream come true. And the reason they wanted this so badly was because they were neighbors with Crumble and they saw what Crumble did. Mm. How they Premium went from, brand. Yeah. They went from this little cookie shop to like a hundred million dollar cookie brand. And it's like, how did that happen? It happened through TikTok. Let's do that. Yeah. yeah. That, and that was their that was their inspiration. Oh yeah, because they're sitting there looking, they're like, why is that line out the door? I've had those cookies and I don't even like them that much. <laughs> right. like, what's going on? It's it's TikTok, baby. Brand value. Yeah. Right? Brand value, which is intangible uh in a lot of measurement ways. That's why I was like, what do they really how would they measure their ROI on that? And it's yeah. a much longer term it's a longer time horizon view on brand than buying leads and yeah. either those people buy from you or not right and that's kind of the hard thing too when it's like a restaurant or something that they're not directly buying online with e-commerce is going to be pretty instant like they're just clicking through and they're buying as soon as you go viral and you see it you feel it immediately but with this it's like well, are we seeing more people yet? Are we seeing more people? And then they started seeing Yelp reviews, and then they started seeing an up uh, increase in foot traffic. It came in over time. Because first they have to see it, and then they have to see the second piece that you put up afterwards. And then they're like, you know what? That does look delicious. I'm going to go. So it's different, for sure. How do you, like, where in all the social medias except TikTok, uh, which hopefully not for long, right? <laughs> But how do you differentiate when people are like, oh, I'm running plenty of Facebook ads. They don't work. What would you say to someone who said that to you uh, regarding the opportunity that might exist in TikTok? You mean like specifically? We're doing paid ad. I ran $20,000 last month in Meta, mm -hmm. in Facebook and Instagram. And paid ads, targeted, going after audiences, trying to get them to want to engage in one of our businesses and nobody bought nobody bought people showed interest but nobody bought how might that differ or should i have different expectations in tiktok yeah for lead gen? yeah so with tiktok organic leads tend to be way more qualified than anything you're going to see through paid they're just people are primed to buy they have really loose wallets they're ready to go and because you have that peeled back layer of like you're not feeling like you're talking to an influencer or in some polished high level aesthetic you're you feel like somebody's actually giving you this review like hey girls i bought this coconut oil and it's it, because it feels so raw it raises the intent so high like people just are so much more primed to buy on there 
So I would never tell somebody like, oh, you're going to see this specifically. But in general, if you can get like, I don't know, a million organic views on TikTok, that's going to turn into like $30,000 of sales. It's right around that. That's about, that's the metric. Uh, yeah. What is that, uh, call it click path or prospect path from organic? Do they go to a link tree and then they end up on a site? So weirdly, it doesn't seem to have any effect that, like you would think that like, okay, so first I'm going to the link and then there's a link tree and then I have to go find this and then I have to go, you would think that would like break the journey a lot more than it does. Friction, right. But because you're creating such a strong connection with the content itself, so like just kind of imagine with me, like you land on this content that it has a million views and you see the fun that's happening in the comment section, you're hearing about it. And then by the time you got to the end of it, you're just like, shut up and take my money. So the things that would normally cause like a big hang up, like, well, we got to fix this. It just doesn't seem to have that big of an effect. Mm. Because they've already gone through the fun of the process, and they're like, I want this. It's that uh, FOMO, yeah. right? And to I some mean, degree, they want to be a part said, of it? Yeah, for sure. And, like, it definitely helps if you don't have a link tree and you're going straight to the website, for sure. And But it's just not that big of a deal. <laughs> right. What about uh, products versus services, right? We have... Your new slippers here yeah. with us. Uh, <laughs> the slippy. Like an e-commerce uh, product purchase versus what you actually do in your core business is you're selling a strategic service mm. in bringing uh, businesses up to speed in this space. How do those two things differ and how do you approach them differently in TikTok? I actually don't do a ton of service-based stuff on TikTok anymore just because they don't need a lot of help anymore. It is really, really common to see somebody with like 10,000 followers on TikTok be fully built out at like $50,000 a month because they've developed their offer and the few 300, 400 views that they're getting per post is enough. It's bringing them enough qualified traffic that they don't need much more than that. What's so, a good follower target? Like how many define followers? Define good. Well, I mean, even before a follower target, or or maybe maybe so, but like the age demographic it's, is important. It's right? skewing older and older. Really? Yeah. That is crazy. Isn't that crazy? I told you I was on it, Robert. Oh <laughs> <laughs> <Well>, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just got skewed. Yeah. yeah. So crazy, I, just, right? I just blew their whole algorithm. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, who is I, this I guy? had to get my ten year old on it to like bring back the median into the right demo. Yeah. More than fifty percent of TikTok users now are over the age of thirty. And they actually have the app, That's or old. is it? Yeah. Is it because I don't oh, have no. that personally, but I'll get TikTok sent to me, and then I'll watch the TikTok. But you won't get the app. I won't get it. Yeah. Same here. But you're still on it. Well, you're still watching it. What about yeah? The, but there's a very. Uh, it feels to me a very seamless integration between TikTok generated content that is appearing on those other platforms and carrying that TikTok watermark. Yeah, they transfer to Reels. Yeah, right? they basically do. But is that a natural function or is that a uh, strategic move by that creator to just no, build on TikTok and then post it on their Reels? It's because TikTok is greedy and they don't like sharing their content. So you can't save anything from TikTok without it auto downloading the watermark into it. So. That's just what TikTok does. Is it an easier creator platform? Isn't that part of what they're uh, like creator tools? So is that why it's gotten a lot better? Even IG influencers are maybe creating their own content based on 
the usability of the TikTok content yeah. generate like their all their little tools, the green screens and the stuff happening behind. And... Yeah, I mean, it's, it was meant to be immersive. And in the early days, we had a boost associated with filming in the app. And then right. as new tools would come out, like you'd get little boosts from this and little boosts from that. And that was the smartest thing they ever did because they trained us to all film in the app if we wanted to really squeeze the life out of these posts. And then you couldn't you couldn't take it Your anywhere stuff. else because it's watermarked. Right. So they really forced people to create for TikTok. And that created a whole TikTok culture, which was like raw and real. And like, I don't have my makeup done, but I want to talk about this. So I'm going to film it. Where on Instagram, the whole thing is very much more controlled. And so Instagram has tried to play catch up with these tools that suck and they're horrible and it's hard to use. How are the algorithms different between TikTok and Reels? They're, one is a popularity graph. So Instagram is a popularity graph, meaning you need to max out that first hour and get like as much as you can in that first hour. And that's kind of going to indicate whether you live or die. Really? That, yeah. that first hour is everything. Which Your is engagement why, in those hours. Uh, like yeah. how many likes comments you're getting yeah. in that hour uh watch time for reels and then likes for f posts but that first hour is really where you're gonna know if it's going somewhere or not which so is time why of day like matters a lot what time it's different by everybody's account because in, in reels different than tiktok on times i'm assuming too right everything's or different yeah so you, you, at least you get analytics with both so you can go see when your audience is online but that's why people are so obsessed with their post time because you have to max out that hour so if your people are online at one, you got You better be posting at twelve fifty-five. So it's indexed by the time it, you know, at one p.m. that everyone's in there. But um, the popularity graph works like that, which is also why, like two or three years ago, we would see like if you were already popping on Instagram, you would get more and more and more and more and more popping, and growing there was like impossible. And then TikTok changed that because what they use is like an equal opportunities. Anything that gets dropped into the TikTok algorithm, it all has a fair shake at going viral. It matters how if you can pass the view gate. So, like, let's say you get dropped to 10 people and eight of them watch it all the way through. Okay, that's we're going to. Yeah, that's good. Let's send it to another 50. Okay, and they watch it, too. We're going to push, 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 push. Every single video that goes up has that same shot. And if it gets dropped into 10 people and they don't watch it, then it dies. Yeah. So you're so calling your friends more. like, hey, I just dropped something great like and share it now yeah watch you it and, and watch it all the way through twice you can <laughs> that's a good you absolutely can yeah and instagram is now trying to adopt that because it worked so well with tiktok and everybody got to feel like i can be a celebrity all i have to do is learn how to do this where instagram was like i'm gonna i'm gonna buy followers because there was no way to grow yeah, because it was either you were popular or you were not you either so instagram got on make when it money first... off buying followers or no it's like super illegal but Okay. It's social media. But that's illegal. the only way. That's what people did because yeah. it was like you either joined early or an early adopter and got a lot of followers. But because it was a popularity graph, that was it. And growing there was just impossible. And now they're moving over to the same format that TikTok has, which is which equal is great. opportunity. And maybe even pull people back from TikTok. That's because exactly what I get tired it. of seeing the same people on top of my feed. Yeah. I'm like, I don't want to see this anymore. I'm going to unfollow them. I'd like to see a wider range. You say. A variety. Yeah. And then that's another annoying thing that Instagram does is like they filter out the top performers per who you're following. So if you're following a three Kardashians and Kanye West and 10 of your family members, well, your family members posts aren't performing. So they just get pushed to the bottom of the pile. 
So the more you perform, the more rank you get. And the, it, it's not a chronological feed anymore. Now it's who's performing. Who's performing. And then is it a time thing as well where you have to be posting every day? So or, uh, like a quantity over quality? Or is it a... Well, I get, well, let me rephrase that. Okay. Is TikTok versus Reels, is it quality over or quantity on these? So against what everybody else says, I will always say quantity or quality over quantity. Really? Okay. Everybody else will say differently. But the way I have it figured is that if you spend enough time in your script, you can essentially guarantee that you're going to get views. So I would way rather spend three hours writing a script that I know is going to get four or 500,000 views or more and have that level of effort than do 10 pieces that get 300, 300, 300, and this one maybe got 10,000. Yeah, don't post so like, anything unless you're hitting your mission, your vision. And it's really important with TikTok especially because the way this one performs is gonna a little bit affect this one. Like if this one performed really, really well, like got a million views, the next post that goes up, instead of being served to that little 10 people, it's gonna be served to maybe 500, maybe 1,000. It's gonna be bigger gates. And if you are posting things that are terrible, then they're going to decrease who it gets served to. So it's really important to stay on of winning. Yeah, it's interesting they're because impacting your own pro like they're going to uh, run a derivative on your prob probability yeah. right off the bat. So yeah. that beginning is so important, super important. Which is also why we trash and that goes accounts back to that have your been used already. Action. We start them over. That you're consulting when you go in and you create that call of action, that hook that grips them in to, to propel it to yeah for just like the spiciest brain burning hook we can come up with yeah wow <laughs> so it's not just spiciest. show up in a podcast studio is that what you're telling us i mean thankfully <laughs> this this is long form we can do whatever we want right, we don't right. have to try to, to suck people in for 30 seconds it's interesting how far behind instagram is because you you don't even use instagram we were just speaking about that before this you're straight tiktok because that's where the money's at yeah so all i mean everybody would be pushing over to TikTok to generate revenue and Instagram's. I don't know why behind. people don't. I went to a Maker's Fair recently. It had 300 small vendors, and I started asking everybody, "What's your TikTok? What's your TikTok?" To it, and they were like, "I'm not there yet, bro." While you're not there yet, the coconut oil guy is pushing a hundred thousand dollars in sales a day through TikTok Shop. Yeah, and is your name important too? Kind of. Is it? What's more important is optimizing. So like, yeah. your name is like whatever, but They'll as long find as you, you have, if you have your a good content. Uh, so what like, I like to recommend people to do is like, so you have your name, Kyla Yuli, but then I use the rest of that space for SEO. So I, I'm not just Kyla Yuli, I'm Kyla Yuli, small business tips. So you pack it into the name. Yeah. Love it. <laughs> Smart. Yeah. Well, thank you. Appreciate you coming in. And Wait, did us. I talk the whole time? That no. Was the point. <laughs> that was the point. Perfect. We great. We want to hey, learn. I, was we just, I learn. want to learn from you guys too. <laughs> Well, I'm you can come back uh, huh? for another episode. Okay. But uh, we do have one question. We talk a lot about, like, uh, from a career perspective, being an employee versus an owner. You've been out on your own for a long time. What's the best part of your day as an owner? And then what's the stuff where you're like, why am I doing this? <laughs> The best part is that it, nobody gets to tell me what to do. <laughs> like, right. I got to come to Vegas this week and see all you guys because I wanted to. 
I didn't right. have to ask anyone's permission. I love that. I, I'm like, I would be a terrible employee. I really would. Like, you would not ever want to have me like officially working for you, because I don't like being told what to do, and I want to get coffee when I want to get it, and I don't want to punctuate my sentences or cross my T's. Those are the. I wouldn't hire me. Those are the best employees, but they're the hardest to retain, right? Because you're going to go out and find and out keep a, to do, how to do it the best way. Keep engaged. Yeah, you're the type keep A talent. Rewarded, yeah. To keep rewarded. Keep the compensation right. My full time. How do we retain these people? Right. How do we make it interesting? Yeah. How do I keep her? How around? do we keep a development path that keeps your talent stimulated? As, uh, <laughs> something that we could help our businesses. Nurture. Yeah. I, What's I the hardest part? The hardest part is is kind of the easiest part too. So along with not no one getting to tell me what to do, like every day I have this like image in my head, like. I can either struggle now and have what I want five or 10 years from now, or I can struggle for somebody else and have a locked in salary with a locked in this and a locked in that. Like I know where that route takes me. It takes me to being a manager at a bank and doing this and then just, okay. I get so much energy out of like, this is all dependent on me. So every day yes. I'm like, oh, yeah. I can steer this ship exactly where I want it to go and I'm betting on myself and I know where I can take myself. So I love that. But then I remember, that I don't want to pay for health care and I don't have health insurance and I don't know how to get health insurance. So that's probably the worst part of the day is when I remember that I am mortal and I need to go to the doctor at some point in my life. What about though, like as a sole prop, like that's important, but oh, also yeah. I mean, like, uh, you know, you're a sole proprietor and you're, we were speaking about your, you're running a merchant account as well through your business, right? Yeah. And then like navigating how to find, how to find a merchant account is important. Yeah. And not being overcharged as a, uh, you know, healthcare is expensive. It is expensive. How do I cut equity out of, uh, you know, <laughs> I don't margin want to pay $1,200 a month for someone to look at my skin and say, put, but I don't know. Yeah. So how do you save that money? Right. That's. It's, it's not even like a, it's more like I could spend an hour trying to optimize my website a little more, or I could spend an hour trying to find a doctor, which one sounds more fun. Right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <You know>? always. <laughs> and then pay for the consequences when I get <laughs> sick, and then I'm like, I should have done the other one. Yeah, we, we've talked about just that grind and the love of the grind, yeah. right? You don't want to do anything else. We, but something I wanted to say about the merchant services that you're talking about, so with my audience, a lot of them, they don't know what they don't know. So like to you guys, that seems so obvious, like you need a better merchant service, you need lower fees, you need this. The first time I talked about on the on TikTok, nobody even knew what I was talking about. They Merchant just thought services. you get what you get with Shopify and that's it forever. So like what you guys are doing is so cool because like it's the a lot of these small business owners just don't know. They don't like the same way they don't know what conversion rate optimization is. They don't know what this is. Right. So I'm super excited. Yeah. It, well, when you're buying a car, you shop and try to get the best deal. Did mm -hmm. you do that when you were getting your merchant? Absolutely not. I mean, now I know to do it, but two years ago, did I know to do that? No. Yeah. Just take their word for it. You just don't know. Yeah, you don't know. And so you... Well, you're much more focused on... You have an idea. Mm -hmm. You have a concept. You have customers. If I need to use a merchant account is great, right? That means someone bought from me. Exactly. It's at the bottom of the things that you care about. Like, 
If I have to if worry, if it's working, if it's broke, why fix it? And why? then if it then it keeps why, working, broke, right? It, yeah. And then you're like, all right, my business is growing. Then that's creating a whole bigger snowball of things that you need to worry about, mm-hmm. fix, grow, and you're still stuck on that first decision of, well, I hope I need to use a merchant account, right? Yeah. But yet your business, you've done all that thought around developing the business, developing the audience, how critical the content is, that timing. And the thing that drives me nuts and why we got into this business for the merchant account is you do, everything is either about top line or bottom line. So you're either trying to scale your revenue Mm -hmm. to the moon and or contain your expenses. And the merchant account slides right under the radar. It's It's a racket. And it is the most controllable piece that is just a phone call away, right? So it's one of those things where during this whole business development exercise, you're focused on big, grow, mm-hmm. and then you get into expense control and it's turning tiny little dials. There's this little dial hiding in the corner. But it's a big dial. And nobody will no one will talk about because it, it I think if it's I think it's a bit of a racket because it's like banks that hold your money. When I have talk about an experience taking a uh, certified check out of one business account and being like, okay, now I want to put this certified check from your bank into this account. Mm-hmm. And they did a three-day hold. I'm like, you just told me that I had the money, and now you're saying I don't have the money? So cell phones, uh, cable companies, it's all these, like, incremental hidden fees. And if your business is growing, you're worrying about big-picture stuff, that's what they're getting away with. So that's a big thing that we're entering into the space for. Yeah. Because, again, our theme is... uh, small business owners for small business owners, like the giving away margin and it's a phone call away. It's just, that's absolutely amazing to me. Just So I, I really think once people know more about this, they're going to be like, it is the biggest no brainer that I never knew that I needed. That's what's going to happen. The same thing. That's what happened with us, right? Mark? Yeah, that's like, a lot of education. Just We had our merchant account know. audited. Like yeah. go into Ooh. that. Oh, well, yeah, we processed a couple hundred thousand, and I think um, we were able to save something like sixteen hundred, eighteen hundred dollars a month. Wow! So that you know, for the average business, that pays a lease, an employee, your mm-hmm. health insurance. That's your uh, health insurance. You yeah. Know? So yeah, there's a lot of a lot of hidden fees in merchant accounts and. Unless you really take a look at it, it's just going to fly by the radar, and um, and you have options. You're going to lose that so money. I have know? a very painful experience with this. So really, is my vintage business, the one that I lost from the cyber attack, the very first six figure month that we had. I was like, oh my god, I'm, I've made it. I'm this is great, <laughs> and I was like having a little win. And then I found out through John, who we all know, I found out through him about merchant services. And I found out how much money I was hemorrhaging. And the only reason I knew was because I was like, oh, I had a really great month. This is my first ever six-figure month. And I was calling to celebrate. And it was like, pew. 
Because uh, did they knock you out of the six figure? Yes. So they actually took that milestone. From yes, me. they did. <laughs> <laughs> I was yeah. like, uh-huh. so that's how I found out. And um, yeah, yeah, it's it deflated. It took the wind out of my sails. Well, you know, we, you know, having done a lot of different businesses, we explored this for a little while, and it's a super competitive space. But everyone is switch to us. We'll get you a better rate. Switch mm-hmm. to us. Switch, it's a better rate. And we took a different approach. The way we're differentiating as five-star merchant advocates is small business advocates for merchant services. So what we first will attempt to do is at least negotiate with your current provider. So if you talk to us, it doesn't mean you have to switch. We are not saying come to us and we'll get you a better rate, but you need this. You need to switch. First approach is... Don't you want someone who knows the business to take a look at your statement? We'll do that for free. We have a team of advocates, merchant advocates, that are versed in looking at these statements, finding these hidden fees. There are compliance fees that are mandatory, that are regulated, and there are some that are not. So as a small business owner, do you know that difference? No, but our advocates do. And so we take a look at getting rid of those fees and then negotiating down to something that's closer to a wholesale rate versus what they've been able to eke forward. If that is, uh, that is always going to be an option. Or because of the relationships that we've established with other providers, we can say, based on the type of business, some of these are set up better for certain business types, based on the type of business you are, based on the volume that you're running, uh, our experience is that this is actually a much better technology. This is going to give you a much better rate. It's going to make your sales force more efficient, uh, all sorts of different features and benefits. That's not in our marketing. Our marketing is, there's a good chance you're getting taken for a ride. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> give us a chance to find out yes or no. So who can use this? Like, do you need to be at a certain sales level? Can you be just starting? Like, who should start investigating this? Anybody and everybody. Anybody we, and everybody. We literally just ran across an account. This lady is paying 12%, and she's a small volume uh, processor. But, you know, we're not, we're here to help everybody. Everybody, you know? that's so amazing. So 12%, we got to get her down to, you know, uh, a wholesale rate or, you know, back down to normal there. Um, but yeah, anybody and everybody. There's another option too, which 40% of businesses are on and some business owners uh, have an appetite for and some do not, which is actually having the credit card owner pay those fees. So if you've been in a restaurant and you've run your card and you've seen convenience fee mm-hmm. or they'll put something right on the counter. Mm-hmm. If you use your credit card, that's three and a half percent on top. Forty percent of businesses are on it, which means sixty percent of businesses are not. And we're educating business owners on that option. We had a conversation earlier today where someone was like, "Isn't that illegal to pass that on?" Right? And it's not. That's the easiest way to put money in your pocket. Like you said, if you're, you know, doing a hundred thousand, you're giving away three grand a month. You just switch to that program. That three grand goes right to your bottom line. And uh, two health insurance. Don't yeah. you have a couple of roommates? 
<laughs> yes. <laughs> so I, I have another question. Um, so a lot of business services are kind of tailored for people who are already at somewhat high revenues. Services like this could really, really help somebody whose revenues are not that high and they're looking for places to cut and save and put some money back. But most of what's available is like you're either already at $50,000 a month and we'll help you now or you're doing more than that will help you now. But there's just not a lot available for people who are really in that critical point where they need those extra couple bucks. Like can, we can help can, them. Absolutely. Yeah. There's no, That's amazing. we're not here to, we're here to help all businesses, you know, and those, like you said, those are the individuals we want to help them out and help them grow and give them, you know, some good business advice, yeah. consulting and, and grow with them. That program may not work for your business, but, you know, um, you could go like on a wholesale program. Uh, it just every business is different. You know, you have an e-commerce. I don't think your your clients are gonna. Um, they already have that ether to buy. They're not gonna worry about a, a thirty cent convenience fee, but it's gonna save you three thousand dollars a month. So that's where you really need to take advantage. And maybe yeah, if you have this local coffee shop that is nothing but locals. Repeat you know, customers. Yeah, you probably don't want to go with that program, but you want to get them a wholesale rate or something like that. Um, but really, it it just depends on what kind of business you're operating, what you're doing, and you know how you feel comfortable. Some people yeah. don't feel comfortable with passing on those fees. Yeah. Well, and then well, and some of them don't even know they have options that are other than you know eating it or passing it on. There is the we, wholesale. We talked so to many clients. Options. Yeah. How much I have a client, he's, he didn't know he was paying 12000 a month in processing fees. Wow. So, um, you know, he has a su successful restaurant. He does well. But, um, you know, $12,000 a month is and, and that's significant. Out of sight, out of mind, right? Absolutely. <laughs> You're dealing with that once a month. Well, when you talk about a business, too, this is cash flow, right? This is cash flow that actually never makes it into your business. And... For a business, we were talking about scaling uh, employees, right? And like, well, where are we going to try to find the funding for this new head, this new full-time employee that we need? Talked a little bit about the merchant. There's two head count. There's two full-time employees just tied up in their merchant fees, right? So that's real. Oh instant, my god! What a way to look at that. Right. That's real instant liquidity. Now, how much more are two employees going to do to help grow your business versus a transaction fee going into a racket of an institution that is just piling cash in? Yeah, the banks, they don't need any more money. And what a great hook for some content for Jay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just keep that one in the back. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Any parting words, Cody? Uh, yeah, I appreciate you coming in and Thank speaking you. with us about. <laughs> yes, it actually, was get the plug in for uh, oh, Train yeah, to train Hunt. Train to Hunt. And what is that's a IG handle? Uh, yeah, Train on... to Hunt's an IG handle. And a lot of these questions is beneficial for the train to hunt business, oh. right? Because we'll, I call it shadow banned, right? Oh. Because it is hunting and it's harder to, um, you know, if you have horns or meat mm -hmm. on there, then it's like a no-no and you get 
band. So oh, yeah. uh, the time of day, the, you know, transferring our reels into TikToks to get engagement, to get clicks, to get um, clients. Are you so, having the problem on both Instagram and TikTok? Or does it seem more... We don't have a TikTok. No TikTok. So, you're, so you're... we're going to have a TikTok tomorrow. Okay. Yeah. But so. you're feeling <laughs> the burn a little bit on Instagram? Oh, yeah. I mean, we have 20,000 followers. Mm-hmm. And it's just the craziest thing. Sometimes it will take off and we'll have 36,000 views. Yeah. Other times we'll have 1,500. And we have 20,000 followers. How are these people? And I'll, I'll post on Train Hunt. Then I'll go to my personal feed and it won't pop up. Okay. So, all right. So, shadow bands technically don't exist. Whatever. We all know they exist, but they don't exist. When that happens, it's you're going to stay under that until you follow the rules for a set of time. And what you need to do is go through all of your posts and the ones that you suspect triggered something, delete the ones that you think are it, go through the hashtags that you're not showing up on because you're definitely removed from the algorithm there. If so, if you're going on your personal, you're looking, you're not there. Yeah. That one needs to either come down or have all the hashtags. Take it down immediately. No, no, especially in that first hour, if it doesn't work. Get it out is what you're saying. Um, no, I'm saying go back. Like you, so you've identified like this particular piece is not in the system. Yeah, you're, so, you're doing an inventory. Yeah, gotcha. What? Yeah, what but a, you don't have to do it in the first hour. You can just be like, okay, something's wrong. Go back and look okay. for it. Um, but then the most important thing is you have to be super well behaved to get out of the ban. Mm. So you have to now. Now that you figured out your band, the next. Two weeks. It'll be between, depending on how bad you got pushed into the toilet. It can be 10 days. It can be two weeks. Sometimes it can be a month on Instagram. We're just talking Instagram for this. So you have to now, the next post cannot contain any of the tags that set off the trigger. It can't, the caption needs to be squeaky clean. Like it just has to be almost like family friendly to the max to jailbreak yourself. Put some Mickey Mouse stuff up. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Why? Well, yeah. nice. Appreciate Louis. your it's not fun. Louis. Yeah, I But if I you don't do that. that, you can stay in there for like a year or two cuz you just don't know that you're constantly constantly yeah. triggering it Crazy. over and over. And they're never going to admit to you. They will never say you're shadow banned. They don't admit that that exists, but you proved it to yourself by looking for the content which you didn't see. Okay. Hello. Yeah. We all know what that means. I'm also nice. plugging Cape Codfish, which is friends of mine on Cape Cod of an apparel brand. IG shop. Nice. Uh, check them out. Cool lifestyle gear. Nice. I'm not plugging anything. I'm not How about either. them Raiders? Oh, that's. We're that's going to the nice. Raiders Chargers game. I'm. Yeah, we got to get going. <laughs> former here soon. Chargers season ticket holder, Pats fan, but it's always fun to Jump go to a Raiders game a with. Like, well, it came out last year for Pats Raiders <laughs> yeah, and yeah. Eight Crow. Yep. Right. So, then awesome. I stuck McDaniel's on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, that lasted a really long time. Uh, the slippers. Where do we find the slippers? Yeah. Oh, uh, it's Puffy Slippers. Puffy Slippers. Just Google bu- <laughs> Puffy PuffySlippers.com. Sli- All right. I need to get Puffy some. Slippers. Very obvious name, I feel. Uh, They're so light. <laughs> keep an eye under the uh, awesome. Christmas tree Thank in you. the Ford household for those, that's for sure. <laughs> oh, send you a bunch of Yes. Do they, but they don't come in size 15. Well, I, I didn't. For the three people out there that need them in that <laughs> I size. I didn't know. Yeah. I'll Normal work on size people. getting a custom 15. He has a shack chair. I want, I, I want a one of these. Shaquille O'Neal chair, so. <laughs> I want a pair. Oh, well, let me 
Lucille. I'll have to cut the, make them into sandals. Yeah, just, yeah, just, cut, <laughs> <laughs> just cut them into burks. They are yeah, awesome, there though. There you go. That's we the trend. Put a little extender in the middle. And... These are going to take off. They look yeah. comfortable. They're so light. Yeah. They're so comfy. Nice. Well, it's another episode of Add, Edit, Delete, uh, where thank you, Kyla. We obviously learned a lot. Uh, yes, me too. And can't wait to do it again. We'll see you guys soon. Thank you for watching another episode of Add, Edit, and Delete. Small business owners helping small business owners scale correctly. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe.